Let's pause this podcast for a moment because I need to talk to you. That's right, you. Are you ready? Good. So, you're an indie game developer and you need funding to help you launch and market your game. No problem, right? There should be one place where you can get funding and resources, but there really hasn't been one until now. Our friends at Exola have launched Exola Funding Club, which you should check out ASAP. Exola Funding Club is matchmaking service for developers, investment firms, and groups, as well as video game publishers. They have a simple process. Developers apply to join the funding club. Once they're accepted, their applications are sent directly to interested investors looking to invest into video games. Games just like yours. It's a win-win situation. Qualified developers get their game pitches placed in front of funding sources, while investors discover curated games that meet their criteria for the investment portfolio. Ready to get started? Just head over to exola.pro funding, or find the link in the episode description and apply today. Exola Funding Club, putting the fun back in funding. GM friends and welcome. It's time for another episode of Tokenomics. It's me, your host, Ethan Levy, currently in stealth mode in my gamers in residence position at Connect Ventures. Uh, I am joined today uh, by two very exciting guests, Max Murphy and Michelle Shaw from Congregate. Uh, I'm very excited to have them on because they've had a host of Web3 related announcements related to new initiatives uh, in terms of game development and a partnership with Immutable that I'm really excited to find out today about today. Uh, I myself um, have been both a longtime Congregate player and a developer. Um, I did two Dragon Age games many years ago, Dragon Age Flash games that were promotional uh, for the uh, console products, that those were both released on Congregate. Um, I produced uh, like a Crush the Castle game, Sequester. I'd, I'd, I'd done some work for Armored Games, and I have a bunch of friends in the Flash game scene uh, from all that time. I used to run into Emily, the former CEO, at conferences all the time uh, back when I was consulting and just uh, have a lot of fond memories of, of playing Sunny and, and other games like that and, and seeing the comments on, uh, on Dragon Age Journeys on Congregate. So I'm just really excited uh, to speak with you both today. Uh, so why don't we start, uh, Max and Michelle, can you each uh, introduce yourselves and tell us a bit about your uh, background in game development? Yeah, uh, I'm Max Murphy. I'm the CTO at Congregate right now. Um, my background is mostly as a player. Uh, I've been playing games since the early 80s. Uh, my background in game development really comes from the days when a uh, computer would come with a large piece of newsprint and you uh, mm-hmm. transpose the code over to play your game. Yeah. Uh, that got me into software. That's where I've been for most of my career, and uh, spent the past eight years uh, actually, you know, uh, working at Congregate uh, instead of uh, the past fifteen playing at Congregate. So. <laughs> That's great. And Michelle, how about you? Sure. Uh, I'm Michelle uh, Shaw. I'm C- at 
Chief Blockchain Operations Officer over here at Congregate. I've been here for about six years, um, mostly in the marketing side of things. Um, and uh, before this, I was actually at um, another uh, mobile game uh, company, Gameloft. Um, but I've been in the gaming space for uh, a very long time. Years ago, I was at uh, GamePro Magazine, uh, oh, nice. part of their video department. Um, yeah, and I think I actually I, have a copy. I moved house recently. I have a couple copies of GamePro around somewhere that I keep for sentimental value. Nice. Yeah, I have a few as well. Um, and uh, uh, one really big um, poster that they had printed of one of the really cool um, uh, issues. Um, but yeah, they're hiding around here. But yeah, I've been in the gaming space for a really long time. Um, I, I think I love just the gaming community. Uh, I come at it from more the marketing side of things. And it's always just been fun to see the passion that comes with games and uh, with players. So um, yeah, really excited to be here. Awesome. Um, for for those who aren't familiar, uh, who aren't you know from the kind of flash indie side as me, can can you uh, tell us a little bit about? Give us an intro to Congregate for those who aren't aware. It's a company that's uh, been around supporting game developers for a long time, and kind of it had has had a couple different iterations. Sure, uh, I can take that one. Um, so yeah, we've been around for the past uh, 16 years. Um, we started as a Flash Gaming uh, portal um, and have had a lot of success with that. And as, as you said, um, our, our mission was always about supporting and finding these um, really exciting new games and developers um, to showcase to players um, that would sometimes get lost on some of the larger platforms. Um, but over the years, we've gone into a lot of different areas of gaming. Um, we went into mobile game publishing. Uh, through those relationships, we actually acquired a few different developers and are now a first-party game developer as well. So we kind of touch all different facets of um, the game dev cycle, both uh, internal development and our platform. So, uh, yeah, a little bit about Congregate. Got it. And, and uh, there's been a bunch of Web3 announcements from Congregate recently. Um, you know, part of what I always find interesting is uh, each person's kind of journey to Web3, what brought them to it, because there are a lot of people who are still skeptical, a lot of people who are antagonistic. I get a lot of flack for it, certainly, <laughs> uh, for being such a Web3 booster. Um, and, and saying crypto winter, I, I don't really care, but I'm, I'm curious, uh, kind of what, uh, brought each of you to blockchain? Um, how did you get in the, interested in this technology as, uh, something that can change how your games and how your developers work? Yeah. Yeah. I can start in on that on the technology side. So, uh, you know, in 2019, we started partnering with, uh, blockchain, uh, provider, uh, Forte, and doing some, uh, you know, proofs of technology, uh, both their technology and then proofs of integrating that into uh, an ecosystem like congregate.com, uh, which ended up being uh, mildly successful. We have uh, blocks and stickers on .com, which are uh, tokenized assets that people have been interacting with for a uh, little close to three years now. Um, coming around, you know, uh, Thanksgiving this year, that'll be a uh, year three of our peer-to-peer token marketplace of stickers. So, uh, you know, collecting that data and seeing the ability to get users to interact and form communities around uh, the things that they used to, right? But without all of the, uh, you know, app store monopolies, without all these pieces, right? Mm -hmm. You get this uh, just big open, uh, you know, thinking of it as like a big, open mega IAP and item API is the blockchain got me really excited because it really breaks down those walls and lets me bring uh, 
and issue things across to, to users that they can take anywhere with them. It's really the, the agency uh, for the player that got me excited. Uh, after having lost, you know, tons of progress in Sunset Games over my lifetime, yeah, it's really cool to be able to keep uh, keep mementos of all of that, a la, you know, Funko Pops, etc. Of like, I played this game, I loved it, I earned this sword, and I still have this sword in my wallet, although the game may not be around anymore, but I can still take it out, look at it, get excited over it, and bring all those memories back. Got it. So for, for someone like me, you know, Dragon Age Journeys, I think EA took the servers down on that many, many years ago. And so that game is no longer playable. But you're saying you could imagine a world where uh, I still have basically all my achievements, all my mementos um, from that game. And it's even possible that someone would have picked them up and implemented them as uh, uh, in their own game if they found enough people had them in their wallets and were excited about them. Yeah, I think there's a future that, that we're we're approaching where there's, you know, a, a, a common metadata schema for gaming NFTs. And mm-hmm. it brings that whole open sandbox world that everyone is, is wanting out of Web3. Yeah. And and Michelle, what about what about you? What interests you uh, or excites you about uh, applying this new uh, blockchain technology uh, to game development and congregate? Sure. Um, so I will say it was actually Max that brought me to blockchain. Um, so Max has been shouting about blockchain uh, within Congregate for quite a while and um, seeing both the the metrics and the success that we were finding on Congregate.com, but also just seeing the way the market was going in mobile and just the, the struggles to find marketability and find a voice in such a crowded market. Um, mm-hmm. The idea of blockchain is just very exciting um, to a marketing person, but also to somebody that loves games, um, just because you have this major disruption to the overall market where there's these very niche product projects and products that are coming out that are finding a a really powerful home um, with communities that want them. They don't necessarily want this ultra mass market appeal style of game. They want something that's truly theirs and um, that speaks to them personally. So um, I I just love the, the way that the market has shifted because of that. And uh, this kind of open, open opportunity or open landscape that we have in front of us as both game makers and game players. Got it. I didn't realize that you guys had had um, tokenized uh, stickers uh, uh, and and other assets in 2019 on Congregate. What have you? Uh, what have been some of the interesting learnings uh, in that time? Uh, what have you? What did you see from doing that that gave you the confidence to go bigger uh, with blockchain? Well, for me, what it what it really reinforced is what we've seen with users uh, and players on the site throughout all of history. Is people love achieving things. People love yeah. to put in a little bit of work and get something back from it. And uh, seeing that uh, in the sticker marketplace, and then adding the the second level of saying, "Hey, you know, I collected two of these. I want to sell one of them, and I'm going to mm-hmm. sell one to another player." And uh, seeing those interactions happen is just like the the part that like, you know, exploding mind moment of, wait a minute, this is this eliminates the gray market of let me tie this account to fa- a Facebook account and go sell it on eBay. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's eliminated that and it makes it, you know, open and full agency over everything that you, you invest into a game or into a platform that you can then extract value back out of. And that just was, like I said, like the mind expanding moment for me. Got it. Yeah. I had, uh, <laughs> I, if there was a, a gray market, uh, uh, 
gray market on eBay for uh, congregate achievements and stickers before blockchain. I had no idea that would that's that would be unexpected for me. But, yeah, I'm not sure about our accounts, but, but uh, definitely others, wow, yeah. etc. Yeah. You know, yeah, right. The idea that like you could look at at the a lot of people look at the gray market as um, a problem. And instead, it's kind of an opportunity. It's showing this is a behavior that players want to engage in, and they would if they had a path to. And uh, and blockchain gives them, uh, properly implemented, the ability to do that um, and to be the main beneficiaries from it. Uh, What uh, kind of building on the partnership with Forte and the stickers and the success with the tokenized assets, um, what convinced y'all that blockchain gaming was the next big thing or the next big initiative to take on um, uh, the next big evolution point for uh, congregate or research point? I don't, I don't know how, uh, uh, how it fits into the overall picture. Yeah. Well, I'm in love with the technology Mm. and, uh, you know, Michelle can speak to the business case because that's the question I often get asked by her. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, it's a very, um, I, I think at the end of last year, we kind of had this really interesting moment where um, we were, we had this kind of blank slate in front of us. Where are we going to go next? What's the next step? And we saw the the uh, blockchain market really taking off and um, some other markets kind of um, stagnating a little bit. And so we said, let's, let's go for it. Let's go all in. And um, I think that the way that Congregate's a little bit different from a lot of these other companies is this is a long-term play for us. So you mentioned crypto winter earlier. We also aren't necessarily nervous about that. We knew it was coming. Um, we knew there'd be a downturn because it was probably a little overvalued, but uh, mm-hmm. it's going to come back and we're not really concerned about that. Um, we have this much larger strategy around both developing games and making a, a new platform. So it's not just one single piece that we're touching. We're building a f- holistic strategy uh, around the entire um, technology. Got it. Um, there have been a, a lot of announcements from Congregate uh, on on blockchain. Uh, uh, clearly, it's heating up. I mean, uh, just looking at your blog. First, there was a 2019 announcement uh, partnership with Forte, and, and that's a company where a lot of my former colleagues from Network are over there kicking ass and. Uh, helping build a great platform. I've got friends who are building a game. Uh, obviously, the game I was running at Network is a, is a, con- a partnership with con- uh, Forte. Um, can you talk about this partnership you've had with him, with them, and uh, you know, kind of is that what's been powering the sticker uh, tokenized assets and marketplace? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So on on Congregate.com, definitely uh, is Pat powered uh, by by the Forte chain and wallet, um, the blocks and the stickers there. Uh, you know, the it, it's been great working with them, building and accounting for things that large publishers would, right? Like there's the difference I feel uh, between Forte and some, uh, a lot of others is that they're going down the completely trusted compliant path of mm-hmm. blockchain gaming and assets where you know, there is that little bit of a wild west, like, hey, here's my Ethereum address. Hook up your wallet. Let's go. Drop me some ETH. I'll give you something for your game. Uh, it almost feels a little back alley-ish in a lot of ways. Uh, so bringing that and then also the network effect of if you, I mean, you, you know the partners that they've, they've signed and that they, yeah. they're collecting up uh, the, the, the future of that thriving uh, Forte blockchain network is, is very attractive when we get there. So that's... Yeah. Uh, 
really a good uh, a piece on that. Um, as far as our uh, other partnerships uh, that we've announced, you know, we've we've partnered with Immutable X because there's been a great fit on our uh, you know our environmental responsibility goals that we have uh, with them being a, a green solution that can still reach Ethereum network uh, has been you know, a dream come true for me uh, on the uh, ecological side and especially on the narrative of blockchain gaming destroys rainforests, right? Yeah. Because that is something we hear often. I don't, I don't need to tell you that. Um, yeah. So there's, uh, you know, a, a lot there. And then also the speed and number of transactions per second with being able to uh, ingress and egress from the immutable L2 into uh, Ethereum mainnet was was really good for us until we get to the point that uh, proof of stake is rolled out across the whole Ethereum mainnet. Uh, we, we're going to stay a little bit abstracted from it uh, to continue to uh, be responsible as far as gas fees and environmental impact. Got it. So um, it sounds like, you know, I was about to get to the, the partnership with Immutable that um, part of what went into, you know, Immutable is a layer two uh, on top of Ethereum. So it inherits the uh, security of, uh, of Ethereum, but takes place a layer above, uh, allowing for uh, cheaper gas fees, higher throughput um, than the Ethereum network. Um, and they've had a lot of success uh, as a company and a platform on, on a lot of different um, a lot of different venues. And it sounds like uh, really the energy consumption is a big part of what, what drew you to uh, partnering with them that you wanted to do blockchain, but you did not want to do it in a way that was against your personal ethics or your corporate ethics. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So um, uh, tell me about uh, some of the announcements were, uh, f first, there was kind of a general partnership announcement, I believe. Uh, are you developing, and you're developing, it sounds like some first party or second party games, Blood Vessels and the Bitverse. Uh, are those in partnership with Immutable? Are those on the uh, Immutable chain? Yes. Yes, uh, they are. So we are um, developing two internal uh, different uh, projects uh, with Immutable. So Blood Vessels, you uh, you flagged. Um, so that one is a really interesting um, and kind of innovative take on um, a role-playing game. Um, so you play uh, the game itself, actually, in Discord. Um, so uh, there's both a live person-to-person um, -person aspect to it, but also an async uh, version, which we haven't really seen a lot of companies getting into. Um, and it's all going to be powered by blockchain, which is very exciting. Um, and then the other project is the Bitverse, um, which is also a really cool idea where we're taking an existing franchise and um, adding additional games to it. So um, if you can imagine your bit uh, hero, um, your character, uh, traveling across all of the games, and the more you play one game, uh, the more it adds uh, to your your character um, in different ways. And uh, over time, it'll grow and grow and grow. So we have three games planned for um, that franchise currently uh, with the expectation of growing that to maybe five or seven or 20 or, you know, infinite numbers in the future. So, uh, yeah. so it's a really interesting concept and uh, we're very excited about that one. And so Bitverse was something that already existed that, that you're adding blockchain to. Was Blood Vessels, uh, I, I don't know if you can talk to this or not, was it a game in development that pivoted to blockchain or was it built from the ground up for blockchain? 
Sure. Um, so Blood Vessels is uh, really fun because it was actually developed by one of our um, internal devs as a way for us as game makers to stay connected during COVID. So uh, they already had an existing idea. Um, and so it was taking that uh, initial concept and expanding it and adding blockchain uh, as a key element to it. So it wasn't necessarily, like I said, it's an RPG or a live role playing game. Um, so it's not necessarily the same kind of experience that you would have to put hours and hours of development time into to make it blockchain. Um, it, it was something that fits naturally into it. Um, and bit first, um, to switch back to that for a second, uh, there's one game existing currently, uh, the original Bit Heroes game, uh, which was uh, actually a game that launched on Kari.com years ago that we've worked with the developers um, since launch uh, and actually brought it to mobile um, and ended up acquiring it um, a, a few years ago. So it's a kind of a, a core Kari.com uh, game in our eyes. Got it. And then in addition to all that, there is a partnership between Immutable and Congregate for a $40 million development fund. Uh, tell us tell us about that. I think that's the sort of thing that an audience of game developers are, uh, you know, my ears perk up anytime I'm like, ooh, somebody else has money <laughs> to give away for developing on their platform. Uh, so why don't you I just tell walk me, into the room with a big bag of tokens? A over big my bag of IMX. <laughs> Uh, so tell, tell me about this, uh, partnership and this, this fun. Yeah. So, uh, you know, after we, uh, partnered with Immutable for two, for the games that, uh, Michelle just outlined, uh, we, we started realizing that, uh, as, as companies in the space, like we're, we're, we're very aligned on what we feel the future of web three can and should look like. And we started uh, talking more about our platform, our games, and the tools that we've always uh, provided to developers on our platform. I mean, you've deployed to congregate.com before. We have high scores. We have analytics. We have a lot of things on the platform that uh, don't necessarily exist in the space uh, at the levels that they do in, say, mobile publishing or uh, other publishing. So uh, we started talking more and decided that it would be great to reactivate uh, you know, the Web2 community, the Congregate community into a Web3 space because there are so many parallels. If you look back at Congregate.com, what was, you know, a lot of people's favorite part was jumping on and chatting. Well, you look at the Web3 world, look at where Discord is taken, right? Mm -hmm. Discord's taken a huge foothold there. Um, so we started talking about that more and more, and it became, uh, well, who can we re reactivate? Who can we bring over? And uh, also seeing a lot of, uh, blockchain game devs that are more blockchain devs and less game devs making big mm -hmm. splashes in the space and then hitting a wall, right? So we want to be there to help and enable everyone to move forward with uh, Web3 technology or with games that they're already uh, building and starting to uh, run into issues with or realizing like, wow, publishing a game is way different than just building a website. Um, there's a lot of a lot of those uh, tools and pieces that we bring to the table. And uh, I believe in this is the future of what what we loved about the Web2 era of UGC uh, content, uh, people experimenting with games, and we want to get more experimentation out there. We want to really get people to uh, accept blockchain tech, and we feel that you know, $40, $40 million will help people accept it pretty quick. Um, <laughs> but at the same time... Uh, being able to incentivize developers to uh, build with new tools and making that uh, new tool build out uh, less risky, less unknown. And, you know, we've 
we've always eaten our own dog food, right? Like the, the mobile publishing realm early on, we started publishing our own games that were basically co-developed. And then, you know, going into web, we did, we do the same thing. And into web three, we, we'd love to, you know, find those rough gems and help polish them and bring what we have to the table, uh, to a developer with a great idea and, uh, you know, help fund, help build, help incentivize and really get that network traffic up for everyone. And so what, when we speak, think about those tools and capabilities, um, what is, what are, uh, the things that congregate is building for developer use that will, um, help make their lives easier? Why would I, uh, want to be uh, on con- you know partnering with congregate as opposed to just integrating immutable directly um, what mm-hmm. what are you bringing to the table um, to help me get my game at a higher quality and reaching a larger audience well one of you know one of the biggest things we bring are all the the thousands of paper cuts of working with new technology that we've gained over time uh, so there's that experience uh, that's part of why we are building in the space and building a platform for the space is to, mm-hmm. to be on both sides of that uh, equation on technology. Um, the, the other piece uh, that we bring is, you know, all of our SDKs, APIs, et cetera. You know, we've been doing microtransactions for 14 years on congregate.com. And there's uh, a lot there. I mean, if, if you were to go set up, you know, your NFT drop, there's, there's a lot there. If you were given a tool to integrate into your game, and uh, the the underpinnings to mint all your IAPs as NFTs and set up basically your whole game economy and then call the Congregate API to display that store in your game. I mean, that's that's what we've brought to the table on web publishing, mobile publishing, et cetera. And we'll continue to bring that and build it out to, um, to fit this world. And of course, you know, there's... Uh, always, you know, build it versus buy it. But in this, this case, it's, you know, build it or partner for it. And uh, we want to be the, the, the ones that people immediately think of, of, well, we'll partner with congregate. They'll help us accelerate because they have all this tooling already. Got it. Um, and uh, in terms of the fund, how are you looking to deploy it? I mean, I'm actually, uh, I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure a very silly flash game I've released called Oh the Huge Manatee uh, with my friend Oliver. Uh, that I think we might have gotten like a game of the week $250 check once upon a time <laughs> from Congregate <laughs> in addition to some little uh, ad revenue. But um, with this big $40 million fund, um, how are you planning on deploying it? Is it going to be... Um, patterned off of uh, some of the developer incentives in the past? Are you looking to do more uh, publishing and funding of development? Are you writing many small checks? Are you looking for a lot of partners? So like how, what is the plan for how the fund is deployed? Um, And is it, um, are you able to speak to, is it all in tokens? Is this IMX that I have to then, if I want dollars go sell it on the on the market to turn into dollars is it a mix of token and um and fiat currency you know what's uh what are kind of the nuts and bolts of uh of the fund it is 100 percent a token fund uh mm-hmm. in the imx realm uh so it's uh imx tokens uh as far as our deployment strategy i mean it, it runs the full spectrum 
from uh, small incentives of, hey, bring your game, you know, to congregate.com, integrate a couple NFTs, and there's, you know, a path there. There's a path for, uh, you know, our classic publishing, uh, you know, this game is worth X, let's build it together with this, uh, um, you know, development fund backing milestones. Uh, but of course, you know, as, as everything dries up and, you know, the crypto winter hits, it's it's definitely uh, an incentive an, an incentive program. It's not as much a seed fund program. I will, mm. I will put that out there up front, but it's not uh, we're not looking to be a seed round investor. We're looking to help get you over the the, the production line, sort of speak. Got it. So what what sort of developers are you looking for? Developers and projects are you looking for and kind of what? Um, stage of life do you like to see things in? Um, I like to see things uh, concept and later. Um, you know, the more playable or the more demonstrable a, a gameplay mechanic is, the more likely I am to get excited over it. That's, mm-hmm. there, there are other people looking at these things too, but that's my, my take for sure is the, uh, you know, I don't want to be in a world uh, where we've seen in the past with the dot-com bubble, with the recent recessions where everyone's getting a ton on a slide deck and then nothing materializes from it. Um, There needs to be something of substance uh, when I start talking with a developer to really, uh, you know, get my ears perked up and get excited over it. Yeah. And just to add on to that, I think the key thing that we're looking for is we're looking for Fun games. So if you have a prototype, I think that'll help us to kind of see the fun that you're trying to build. Um, There's so many, as Max kind of pointed out earlier, there's so many people that maybe haven't made a game before um, that are coming at it from a different perspective than a game maker. And I think that's something that we're really looking for is who's thinking about the the player's experience and how it's going to fit long term. Um, and, uh, we're not necessarily taking a one size fits all approach. If there's somebody that's small, that needs a little bit more help, that's awesome. We we're, we'd love to talk to you. If it's somebody that is just looking for distribution, great. We'd love to talk to you still, you know, it's, uh, not necessarily one or the other. Um, and then the other thing that I wanted to flag is just, we also have this amazing community that already exists that is already voraciously looking for new games. So, um, I think that's the other thing that kind of congregate brings to the table that maybe not every other platform and blockchain has right now um, in terms of an existing um, player base that wants to invest and play your game long term. In your opinion and your experience uh, working with all sorts of developers over the years and all sorts of different arrangements, um, what are the properties uh, that will make a great development partner uh, for Congregate? You know, what what do you think? What 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 is a uh, easy home run for you, basically? Uh, if they show, you know, the the ideal sort of team or developer uh, reaches out on LinkedIn, she looks like X. I think that's really hard just because we have <laughs> had so many different types of partnerships, both big and small. Uh-huh. Um, I'm just trying to think of some examples. So um, I would say uh, in, in the olden times, um, Adventure Capitalist and Hyper Hippo was one of our really great partnerships for, yeah. for years. Um, and uh, we're, we're very excited about the, the work that we did with that game and that with, with that developer. Um, and that was kind of a, a mid-sized team. Um, and we did kind of all different facets of uh, types of publishing with them. Um, but then we've also worked with 
one man developers before, one woman developers before, and um, saw similar success. So it's not necessarily one or the other. We're, we're really open to um, anyone that has a great game um, that they think would fit well with blockchain. And even if you're not sure how it could fit uh, on the chain, um, we'd be happy to kind of talk about how we'd suggest um, bringing it over. And um, you hit on this a little bit, but for devs interested in applying for the fund, um, what do you want to see? You know, what makes for a great uh, first introduction? Uh, it sounds like something playable, something fun is, is kind of the best. But what what do you want to see someone bring to the table? Um, what should they prepare to get ready to talk to you? Uh, for me, you know, uh, the thing to bring to the table for me is innovation and you know, mm-hmm. believing in, in Web3, obviously. Um, as far as introduction, you know, tell us about your team. Uh, any materials around uh, the game or the proposal are always welcome, whether they be screenshots or even just to reach out for an intro and then we can sign NDAs and do all that great stuff. You know, there's the business aspect of it, but uh, you know, first, first impressions for me are really how, how excited are you about it? Mm -hmm. Right. Because if you are coming to me excited about what you're doing, you're probably going to get me excited because it's, it's contagious. Right. Um, And Overall, I mean, I've seen everything from a three-sentence intro to a thirty-slide intro. Um, mm-hmm. There's no, there's no magic fit on any of that, right. right? Like, bring you know, bring your genuine self. I mean, that's right. the, the world of Web three to me is you know, be be you, be genuine, and let's do something fun. Right. I'm I'm guessing that um, you know, especially it might depend on your level of. Um of experience in the industry that having a playable demo, having something where you can prove that fun factor will give you a big advantage over um, someone who doesn't, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it might be a little different if it were if it were me saying, hey, Max, I've been developing games for 20 years. I have seven different games on Congregate and once had the number three RPG on Congregate or whatever. Like, I've got a three, I've got a two slide idea for what my web three game is i'd like to show it to you right i could probably get away with that because of experience but if i said i have right you're you're giving a portfolio and an idea right Right. like there's there's that background and substance there but but even for me it would be better if i said and uh, you know i've got a, a a playable demo i'd like you to play and to show you so that i can tell you about the web three economy i'm building for it that would be a much stronger a thing to bring to the table, right? So that I could prove my capabilities and fun factor. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I'm curious um, what you've seen. You know, I think some, uh, something that's really common uh, among my colleagues is that a lot of people like me and are, are in game development and got into it because they're hardcore gamers, because gaming's their number one hobby, and they just decided to do what they love. I mean, that's how I got here, and that's how um, you know the 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 people I I talked I caught up with two colleagues yesterday, and we each spent you know half an hour talking about what we're playing on Steam and Vampire Survivors and different vampire survivors clones and offshoots that we've been playing and recommending to each other um and and something when you're following um 
hardcore gaming and the hardcore gaming blogs and websites, you, you read a lot of negative sentiment um, about blockchain uh, from people who are kind of core console and PC players. And, and that might, you know, I have a theory that that's really a very, a very, very vocal minority actually, just because they're already a minority, like console players are already a minority of, um, of game players worldwide. Most people play games on their phone. Uh, just if you, if you look at the num purely the numbers and most people don't read IGN Kotaku four times a day, like I do. Um, so all that's a preamble to, I'm curious what, you know, congregate has an, a standing community and community and community interaction chat, um, uh, hanging out, playing games. That's been a core part of the Congregate uh, uh, story for 15, 16 years. I'm curious what the sentiment has been uh, within within the Congregate community as they hear that you're going to blockchain, that you're bringing blockchain elements to Bitverse, which is already kind of a cornerstone game, or that you're developing new ones. Like, what are you what are you hearing from your community? about these blockchain game initiatives, your community of players? So I think it's mixed, right? Um, you know, there's the initial knee-jerk reaction, like, oh, blockchain, get out of here. This is horrible. Um, mm -hmm. There's that. We get that quite often, every announcement, et cetera. Um, but we've we, we found that uh, interacting with our community, talking about our plans, talking about our future, uh, the directions that we want to go, is really changing people's perception of what we're doing in the Web3 space versus what they've learned from reading the commentary on Kotaku four times a day, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a big, big difference there. Uh, the more, the more informed our player base becomes, the more enthusiastic they are. Is what I've noted. Um, mm -hmm. Michelle is is uh, on the marketing, more on the marketing side. Probably has some thoughts there too. No, yeah, I would uh, totally agree with that. There's always going to be the people that are um, hesitant for change and, and scared of things being a little bit different. Um, and it was so interesting and kind of exciting to see the initial player reaction to the Bitverse, because uh, that was one of the things that we were more vocal about early on. Um, and the things that they were most concerned about were kind of surprising. It wasn't necessarily some of the things that you would expect. It was a lot of well, what about my game that I've been playing for years? What's going to happen to it? Are you going to be distracted and not want to work on it anymore? And we said, no, the, the whole point of doing this is to enrich your experience. So hopefully it makes it better or more interesting for you to be able to play across games. But also we want to make your game even deeper and give it a longer lifespan. And the more that we could kind of talk about that and, and how we're thinking very long term about it, um, I, I think a lot of players kind of change their minds and are more interested in what we're doing. But you'll always have that skepticism. Um, I think about it a lot like the move from uh, paid to free-to-play games on mobile. It was very similar, the kinds of criticism that were coming out and just the the, the scaredness to, to go into this new world. And you see where the market's gone. It's almost all free-to-play at this point. So mm -hmm. I, I really see this as just a yeah. change of technology. Just the other day, Activision reported that their mobile game revenue beat out their PC and console game revenue combined for their most recent quarter, right? Mm -hmm. And they make, but in Call of Duty and World of Warcraft, some of the biggest console in Overwatch, you know, some of the biggest console and PC games in the world, and yet their mobile revenue, uh, probably bolstered by uh, Diablo Immortal, is uh, is wiping the floor with my beloved. Uh, hardcore PC master race, you know? <laughs>
Um, what are some of the messages that have resonated most with people or that you found most helpful? Like what can other developers take away um, if they are, you know, a lot of our audiences existing free to play mobile game developers, right? That's who kind of, uh, that's what a lot of the deconstructor fun content is and what we focus on and where a lot of our expertise is. I mean, that's where mine is and Mishka's and Adam's, et cetera. Um, so what, what can we learn from, from, you know, your, your approach to the community? What sort of messages have helped um, get over the initial knee-jerk reaction that blockchain is evil and you're going to rug pull my penguins or something? I think the biggest thing is just being transparent with the community. And that's one of the really cool things about blockchain just mm-hmm. generally is that there's so much more interaction between developers and players directly that... Um, I, I know so many developers from years ago that would be totally scared to go talk to the community, but blockchain is the complete opposite. So being transparent and really explaining what your vision is and why you want to be there, I think is the first step um, and because that they'll see your passion and they'll see that this isn't a rug pull. This is something that you want to invest in long-term. Um, in terms of specific messaging though, I, I think it's um, making it clear that there's a place for everyone. There's a place for every player. It's not necessarily only targeted to um, the highest spenders or something like that. You, you want people that are going to engage with your game and uh, be a long-term player. So uh, making sure that just your, your expectations are um, in line with theirs, I think is important to um, tackle early on. And, and it sounds like for a game like uh, Bitverse, where people have existing history, existing accounts that they've invested a lot of time and energy into, it's important to talk about how um, this is an opportunity for you to invest further, make their game better, um, make it better for the longer term, put more money, time, and effort into growing it. Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, just making a deeper experience overall. And that was actually one thing early on in Bitverse that we wanted to make sure was clear. Nobody's going to lose anything. You're not going to lose your progress. We want to make sure that our free-to-play players are um, still as engaged as ever. And if they want to engage with the blockchain technology, that's fantastic. And if they don't, they're not necessarily forced to. Um, So there is this kind of world where free-to-play and blockchain can work together um, in a a seamless way. Um, At least that's our intention and our hope. Yeah, we've definitely experimented around that. You know, we do have some live NFTs in Bay Pharaohs right now from uh, Congregate.io that we touched on. Yeah, earlier. I think I, I think I own one of those somewhere. I'm not sure. I, I know I bought like a, I can't remember if I bought Stabby or if I bought a horse for Bay Pharaohs uh-huh, or something. Uh-huh. I've, I've Somewhere I've got a Congregate NFT sitting Excellent. in my pile of NFTs Excellent. to figure out. <laughs> yeah, I know that the one, one day they'll all be in one wallet. <laughs> right. Um, on the technology front, um, what you know, there are a lot of options for layer ones and layer twos of different chains to partner with. Um, uh, you can go directly on Ethereum, Polygon, Solana, Gala, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There are a lot to choose from. Um, what kind of, what are some of the considerations you made uh, when choosing to partner with Immutable, and what stood out about the Immutable L2? Um, to you on on the tech front as the right solution for Congregate and for your developers and players? Yeah, so we, you know, evaluated quite a few chains and quite a few L1s at the time. We, uh, you know, as Michelle was saying, it was the end of last year. We had a wide open slate in front of us. And uh, truly, to, to for me to sign off on any technology, we need to vet it, right? We need to make sure mm-hmm. that it fits the scale at which we do things at Congregate. And I've always done things. 
Um, so we started experimenting, uh, build it, we built out a few, uh, generative art collections, deployed them to Solana, deployed them here. And we're running into a lot of the issues that most people are getting cut by the bleeding edge, you know, uh, the candy machine app on Solana got an update mid mid development and completely changed how we were building things. Uh, as we dug into uh, Immutable X, it gave us everything we wanted from the Ethereum network without the environmental impact of working on mainnet all the time. And between that and the uh, scalability of their uh, roll-up technology from Starkware uh, has made it uh, almost a no-brainer to, to be able to match the number of transactions per second that we have seen at the height of our web platform in the past that we've seen in mobile games uh, throughout our history of mobile publishing. Uh, and, you know, that was, that is still a concern that blockchain can be slow. There's a lot of validation that happens on any transaction, et cetera, et cetera. So finding that roll-up technology <clears throat> really uh, accelerated our ability to say, hey, we can build games in the way that we're used to and not have to build in all these time loops to make sure that the chain can be caught up. We can just fire off all these all these events off to this API, they get rolled up, proof makes it to L1 and off we go. Uh, it just was our fastest way there. And uh, also to me, like the most stable way there at the moment. Got it. So uh, environmental impact, gas cost, speed, transaction per second, and then yeah. dependability of the development platform. I think yeah. that's something that's kind of a big uh, constant Twitter war. You know, I'm constantly yeah. seeing flaming comments about uh, uh, on Solana. I see that a lot of, of people. Um, I love the speed at which they're moving though. I gotta say like the, the, the technology and everything they're doing, the speed at which it's working is, is just fantastic. I, I just feel there's, uh, we need to get, out of the experimental phase in this world a lot and into the, this is production ready. This has an SLA. <laughs> Got it. Awesome. Well, um, uh, are there any, when you look out at the landscape of blockchain games that are announced and developed and, and marketed right now, I mean, there's, there's so much that it's, it's hard for me to keep track of it. I'm sure it's hard for you to keep track of it as well. I'm definitely not playing as much as I feel like I should, but what, what do you see out there that inspires you either from a, uh, game perspective or even just a community building and marketing perspective? Who are people you uh, look to for inspiration in, in the Web3 space right now? Like you said, there's just so many. It's um, kind of mind-boggling. Uh, um, so yeah. some that we look at, um, Gods Unchained is a, a really interesting one. Um, we have a background in collectible card games, so we're always curious yep. how ever, other companies are, are tackling that. Um, some others that uh, we're following Upland uh, is obviously very interesting in terms of the um, economy that they've built uh, and, and how they're keeping their token uh, going. Um, but yeah, there's so many. Um, another one. That everything we Animoca at... is doing, everything in the Animoca brands world is exciting right, to so me. So that's, that's all blockchain projects then, since they seem yeah. to be in. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, they're all under there apparently, but it's the um, wanting this to build that interoperable. Is... <laughs> This this podcast is not an Animoca Brands podcast yet, but but someday we can hope. <laughs> this will this will all all future pods will happen in exclusively in the sandbox with original Snoop Dogg tracks behind them. 
That's the that's goal. my. I mean, that's my most. <laughs> what, what I look at the most is is what is Animoca doing? What are right. wh- how much interoperability do they have now? How much interoperability are they uh, pushing towards across all these different properties in the the blockchain space? Because that's yeah. that's what I want. I want it to be open and interoperable. That's the the promise of Web three: decentralized interoperability. Right. Yeah, and our you know I should ask this earlier. Uh, are you imagining that uh, you, you have roots both in web gaming and in mobile gaming, and you've been focusing a lot on mobile gaming in, in recently? Um, do you think that uh, blockchain games on Congate are going to be web games, mobile games, cross-platform, both? Um, where where do you think so the game plays So I feel like happen? it's going to be... Uh, right now, we're, we're targeting web first, as most people are, because of uh, regulations and whatnot in app stores. Um, as, as Apple, Google, et cetera, uh, start to find their footing in policies, uh, we'll definitely be on mobile as fast as we can. I yeah. mean, there's, it's, uh, you know, being responsible to our players to not, you know, violate any terms for them and et cetera. So uh, web first, and then uh, let's see where it all goes. Yeah, H- having done a um, a skill based version of Tetris that was a nightly game show where you can win real money, um, I can tell you that it is quite time consuming and sometimes painful and also sometimes really delightful to be working in that gray area of yeah. uh, what what the stores allow and don't allow. I mean, it's really cool when you can pull it off. You know, we we figured out a way to give away. $10,000 a day to Tetris players in 16 countries around the world. And it was just so much work to figure out how to make that both legal and then compliant on, on both the platforms. So yeah, it's definitely I mean, same, same gray area with NFTs and bit heroes. Exactly. And it's, it works and it's above board, but it's not the experience I would want to give users. Absolutely. All right. Well, wonderful. I think this has been a great interview. I've I've definitely learned about a lot about Congregate and their Web three ambitions. Um, just to close it out, if devs uh, listen, they're interested in in getting a piece of that treasure chest and building with Congregate. Um, how should they apply? How should they reach out to uh, you all? Reach out to bd at congregate dot com. Uh, we have an email list there. Uh, that's our main business development uh, ingress channel. So uh, send, send your intros that way. All right. Wonderful. Max, Michelle, thank you so much uh, for coming on the pod. Thank you. Thanks, Ethan. Thank you for listening to the whole episode. If you like this podcast, please do leave a comment and share the episode. If you want to access the Deconstructor of Fun community with hundreds of senior games folk, go to our website and apply to the Slack group. And if you want to get notified of all the new content we have coming out every week, do subscribe to the weekly Deconstructor of Fun newsletter. Finally, do remember, we love you guys and we appreciate you guys. Catch you next time.